Welcome to the Muddy Waters of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Mohammed, you look like you're dying today, Shaker. I am Matt Wright. And together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. How you feeling? All right, man. How are you feeling? I I am doing okay. Yeah, I am doing. Right. I, tonight I will be in I will be in San Diego at midnight tonight. So I am very excited about that fact. Yeah, you have fun out there. You going to Cava Bar? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got some friends that own a Cava Bar out there, and I'm going to go hang out with them for a week. All right. Just in time to come back for our one year anniversary show at Grassroots Cava House. That's right. Yep. We got Caleb. Caleb Franz, yeah, yeah, Caleb Franz and Greg Bowen and uh, Matt Massafilio Ma- mm-hmm. uh, will all be joining us for that episode and uh, live studio audience that everybody can come and check us out. Yep, second floor, we're going to be talking about libertarianism in general, hitting up on whatever current events may be going on that week, and then we're going to have a live Q&A for those of you that will be there and want to troll us. I will mop the dirt with you if you try. So please come. Can't can't wait. I hope those commies come. I I, I am certain that many. <laughs> <laughs> I am certain that many commies are going to be there. <laughs> uh, for all of those of us you who are watching us live and you heard that fantastic laugh in the background, our friend Nicholas Wieser from Being Libertarian is on the show with us. You may know him from the daily headlines that we share on our page quite often. Nicholas, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, guys, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It is uh, it is great to see that you survived a black a Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, man. I get. <laughs> I'm surprised. It was brutal. <laughs> Actually, you know, speaking of that, um, well, first let's thank Low Tide Cava Bar for the Cava and Kratom we will be drinking today, uh, especially Justin. Um, is that a Mangda blend? Is that a Mang? mang what, mangda, what is it? A Mangda. mangda. Yeah, he. Are you drinking yeah. the red? Oh uh, no, I'm drinking a mixture of green Borneo and uh, Siam Wave. Oh wow! So you're you're going a little white Mangda and a little green Borneo. Yeah, you're going oh, up. Look, what's that? Oh, look at that! He's got some pure Mangda Kratom. Nice, it. nice. Yeah. No, from what I understand, cra- Mangda means Mangda is just an area, like it's a region. Okay, so it could be any. Uh, it could be any strain of kratom, correct? Uh, yeah, if it's just a, if it's just as pure mangda, it's probably just they just took it from that region, ground it up like all the different leaves and mm-hmm. put it together as one. Where the reds are going to be like you're more relaxing, and your greens, uh, greens are typically more energetic, and yeah. the whites are the ones that are just going to jack you way up. True. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, oh yeah. But thanks, Low Tide Cava Bar. Bula. Good stuff, though. Mm. You ever had kava, Mr. Nick? Yep, absolutely, man. Awesome. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, all that that natural, just you know, uh, what what do they call it? It's um, I'm obviously I'm not one of these, but where you tap into your brain and you're you're playing with all the the dopamine and all that stuff. It's like uh, brain hackers, okay. that kind of uh, stuff. Like yeah. I don't know, like I. I it's yeah. good stuff, though. I'm into it. Oh, yeah, yeah it is, yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming you've heard recently that uh, the FDA itself wants to move on to scheduling now. It used to be the DEA. Yeah, well, didn't the they ske- didn't they schedule uh, Kratom as they or they were about to mm-hmm. uh, market as a Schedule 1, and then Let, people just came out of the woodwork? Yep. Yeah, last year uh, in October... In October, they said that they were going to be doing a Schedule 1 on Kratom uh, in 30 days, and then they did. And uh, when, you know, Low Tide Cava Bar, we and all the Cava Bars had to get rid of all of the Kratom that they had on property, and we had, like, we were just doing a fire sale trying to get rid of everything. Um, And then they overturned the scheduling, which was the first time in history that had ever happened. And then we... uh, and then recently, the chair of the uh, FDA, Gottlieb, mm-hmm. who is was on the panel that got the patent for uh, for uh, 
uh, synthetic kratom. Uh, recently said he doesn't see any medical. They found no medical purpose for kratom, and they recommend that it's Schedule One. Which yeah, means- that's that Stan Gottlieb, right? Yeah. yeah. That, yes. so, and it's such. I mean, it's crazy, man, because the amount of people that I've seen come off of Suboxone, Methadone. Uh, you know, different yeah. and all kinds of opioids by using kratom. Even hard opioids, like street opioids. Like, I know, man. Like yeah. heroin. There's people coming off of heroin with, yep. with kratom, and it's not. And and the best part about it is that it doesn't bind, right? Right. It, it does not bind no. to the opioid receptors or no. whatever. Yeah. Well, no. I no. mean, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it is a fan. It is a fantastic substance that can help people out, and the FDA is like, meh. No, yep. we're it's just... like it's it's like marijuana. Only I think it it, I mean it it could be so effective in. I mean they're talking about the opioid crisis. They've made it a national emergency, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, well, you would think that when it's a national emergency that they would be looking at things like kratom that could literally save lives. Mm-hmm. But they don't care about that because it's not going to make them any money. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and when Gottlieb is is one of the people who patented the synthetic mitrogen, the uh, mitrogen uh, alkaloid. And it's like, you stole this, you, you, you remade Kratom and synthetically and you patented it. And now you're saying, Oh, well this has no medical value. So people will buy your product. Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, we, anybody who doesn't see what's happening there is just not looking because the problem is that the, the only people who do see it, are guys like you and me, or the three of us, right? And then all of these huge pharmaceutical companies or uh, politicians, and if they're tied into the system, or they figure they can just benefit somewhere else, it's only people who are going to be totally principle, like do everything based on principle, that are going to care, and that's what sucks, right? You know, because. How many are how many of, of those people are out there in high level positions? Mm-hmm. Usually, you're compromising yourself in some way to get to those positions of power, anyway. So, very true. Yeah, yeah. And the um, the thing is, you know, not everything we consume has a medical application, anyways. Like water, unless you want to call water medicinal because it keeps us hydrated. So it's a silly uh, it's a silly way to try to tell people not to use something just because it alone has no medical um you know applications um which which it does by the way but you're right of course absolutely right it does but it is a stupid reason or way to evaluate whether or not something should Mm -hmm. should be listed as a schedule although um when it comes to people that work in the kava and kratom industry we are um obligated we're asked not to say it has any medical benefits correct just because of that right because we we since we aren't doctors we can't really say that it has medical benefits yeah yeah so it's it's a fine line we got to walk when we're calling something medical even though it may be or not you know right yeah well i can because i don't work yes i'll make i'll make claims like crazy you know whatever technically none of us do yeah so i mean we we, we can make whatever claims we want right now yeah um before we get carried away uh uh, myself and i'm sure a lot of people might not know too much about yourself so you want to tell us like where you grew up and you know your family do you have college where are you exactly politically so on and so forth sure yeah i grew up in central pennsylvania um harrisburg hershey area had a great family um uh became uh an actor started my career as an actor mm-hmm. um through that uh didn't get a ton of work acting that's always you know it's a sh- you get jobs here and then you get jobs there and then you don't mm-hmm. So I uh, started working in the hotel business very quickly, became director of sales for the Ritz-Carlton Battery Park in Manhattan, um, but hated corporate America mm-hmm. in every way. Uh, moved to Florida, got into the television industry, had an 11-year career. Where in Florida? Left, uh, West Palm Beach, Wellington, oh, okay. uh, Delray Beach, Boca, that kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, had an 11 year career there that ended as executive vice president of a media company, um, invested in a small tech company, 
um, in 2013, took over as CEO in 2014, and was sued by the government in 2015. And... they totally screwed me, man. Like <laughs> in in every way, uh, cronyism at its best. I had a half billion dollar, five hundred million dollar publicly traded company that was giving us warm transfers, warm transfer referrals. We got sued for deceptive and unfair trade practices for something that they allegedly had done. When we asked why they didn't sue them instead, because they didn't have the resources to go after them. Um, wow. Yeah. And when I was in court battling for my financial life, they, their CMO was speaking at a conference for the FTC and ethics and online advertising uh-huh. as I was getting totally destroyed, raped by the government yeah. financially. So you lost. Um, so they took they took me out. Uh, well, no, I haven't even lost. I mean, the battle's still going on. It's four years. Um, I mm-hmm. have countersuits like crazy that have survived all their motions to dismiss. Um, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. I I wouldn't. I would not. I would not. Um, my biggest enemy in the world. I, I I wouldn't wish it on him. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, there's nothing like it. So uh, that led me in 2016. My wife and I started Liberty Link Media Group, and we made it our mission to call out corruption at every turn. Mm-hmm. So that's why we started with the daily headlines. We started doing them. I obviously had a long background in production, so... Um, we were going to use that also as a business model to do production work for, uh, Liberty organizations, mm-hmm. you know, across the spectrum. So, um, my, my beliefs, the way that I looked at libertarianism sort of was, began, um, they were, they were always in me, but they started to really flourish, change, um, as I was into it and I started seeing the way things operated, the way that, uh, the system was run. I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. Mm-hmm. I would vote for him again because I think that the two candidates that we had were, were absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. I have my, my feelings about the libertarian party have sort of, you know, as the, the past year has gone on, um, it's not that they're incompetent mm-hmm. at all because they're not. Um, believe it or not, they're very competent. The system is just so leveraged against a third party. Well, it's it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. The the way the donor situation, there are four donors that mm-hmm. you can max out during any given campaign period for any particular candidate. There are hundreds of thousands on the Democrat and Republican side. So the money that's being filtered into those two parties, mm-hmm. I mean – to be able to 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 beat that in a major race mm-hmm. is such a difficult process. So I understand why people like Austin Peterson, you know, yeah. start running for for Senate under the the GOP and and you know Thomas Massey, Justin Amash, Rand Paul. They 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 probably get more accomplished from a liberty perspective just because they are in the system. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Um, so that's kind of, I mean, that's where my political views are. Obviously, as far as politically, like where I am, I'm hardcore libertarian. I mean, I, there's very few things you will hear come out of my mouth that are not straight libertarian, mm-hmm. but I do understand that there are all ways are correct and how to get the message out, how to get the ideas and the principles out. And that can be through with, you know, through and within the system or, you know, practice agorism and and mm-hmm. work you know outside the system yeah it, there's there's always are correct you know what do you think of because i don't like i don't like nicholas sarwark or arvin vora um i i was in the lp as well uh i joined the lp i was a democrat when i was 18 uh and then while i was in the army i was a democrat i heard about ron paul uh in 2010 when i was deployed um and then I came back home. I wasn't a big fan of Republicans for a lot of reasons, so I, I registered uh, Libertarian Party. And 
Man, I, I look at some of my like um, past posts that Facebook lets you see from like five, six, seven years ago, and I like I used to tear into the GOP, but like I'm a Republican now. <laughs> right. um, but what are your thoughts on like Nicholas Harwark and Arvin Vora? Because the, I think they they put their foot in their mouth all the time. I mean, if you don't want to, I guess if you don't want to talk about them publicly, that's fine. Um, yeah. But there are well, some. I'll, no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what I think of them publicly. I I like Nick Starwork a lot. Mm-hmm. He he's a friend of mine. Okay. So it's not. So do I? Would I tell him that he may he does some things that I wouldn't do? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do I think that he puts? that he sometimes puts his principles over advancing the party. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he defends Arvin to the end of the earth. Yes. And um, that is, that is probably what people don't like about him the most. It's not that they don't like Nick. They just don't like the fact that he defends Arvin. I guess I could um, agree with that. Arvin. I don't know as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, he has made some statements that I do not support in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sort of in between with him. Yeah. But as far as Nick Sarwark is concerned, I just like the dude a lot. I just like him. Like, yeah. I, I, I know him well. I know him well enough <laughs> to know that I just like the way he, okay. he handles himself. That's yeah. All. No, they, they've just said some stuff that I think is completely detrimental to the idea of liberty. Um, with this whole, and especially because I was a veteran, right? And I'm I'm pretty anti-war. I'm very anti-war. Um, but the way some of that, the way okay, the way Arvin publicly speaks about veterans turns off even veterans in the party, and like he does not stop, no matter how often people have said, "Hey, man, people can read this stuff. It's public," because he does make his posts public. And um, I feel like until until they get on top of that it's hard for me to even get near the lp anymore unless these kind of ideas stop going around that all veterans are somehow the cause of war and deserve to be called murderers and all that like it's so wrong right like like if you got just because uh somebody who wanted to pay for college signed up to go into the military then they're somehow uh the equivalent of uh, George Bush or you know what I mean right. like exactly, they, they, yeah, exactly. They make it, yeah exactly and that, that's what I tried explaining some people join the military people join the military for a lot of different reasons and a lot of times they don't know it's wrong so how, I mean I don't think it's possible to blame somebody if they don't know it's wrong to do what they're doing because it could be totally could, agree yeah. with you. Yeah. 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 No, I totally agree with you. And I think that he, he's wrong for he also drew the comparison that we should. He said we should pander to rapists because, um, you know, it's the same as pandering to public school teachers. No, it's not. Rapists no, no. and public school teachers are not, not the same. Not public the same school thing. Teachers. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, no, I, I, I definitely have a problem with that. I have a problem that Nick, uh, when he, you know, he wanted to distance himself from the uh from the white national or the you know the alt-right mm-hmm. he had that whole thing with tom woods and just recently i was with nick and i said nick if tom went on his show tomorrow and he said i think all of my listeners should join the lp would you be happy and he's like yeah of course i'd be happy mm-hmm. and i was like then why then yeah. why just why why bother with the whole I just don't understand it. And again, it's a principle thing, and I'm a principled person, so I understand that. But there's at some point you have to draw a line and say, well, and especially on Arvin's end, I I just don't understand why he would continue to make such bold statements, potentially 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 alienating people like you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the problem. That's what's so frustrating about it. You and know? Yeah, the thing is, still, I'm open to coming right back in. Um, but right now, personally, and I used to be in the LP, I don't know if I'm coming back until they fix the messaging thing. Because I don't want to, I do not want to be part of that sort of messaging. And it's not, it could be my job, but honestly, it's not my job to go around and fix the things people say. Yeah, I I left the LP. Now, let me, let me ask you this, though, because, because... I would challenge you. Uh-huh. Are you okay being associated with the GOP messaging? Well, 
I'm also specifically in the Republican Liberty Caucus, and we're not really that well liked in the party, anyways. No, you're right. Yep. Yeah, yep, I agree with that. Um, because somebody, I don't. Know, oh, Adam Kokesh, uh, he made that post where he was saying, uh, if you basically, no matter what political philosophy you are, if you agree that private property shouldn't be trampled on, then you're a libertarian. You know, I agree with that. So from yeah, that's fair. from that perspective, I mean. Yeah, oh, also because in that post, you know, he had said something about people associated with the Republican Party. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I'm not I'm not okay. Well, I, it doesn't matter if I'm okay with it or not. Uh, at this point, it would be up to me to be, uh, quite, uh, whatchamacallit, responding to those kind of, that kind of rhetoric. Um, but, like we just said, if the Amashes and Masseys and Pauls are able to do things in the GOP, I don't think it should matter. I totally agree with you. I'm just I I just get frustrated when people say I'm not willing to be associated with the Libertarian Party because of certain people's messaging mm-hmm. or certain certain aspects of their messaging when there's certainly aspects of both the Republican and Democratic Definitely. Party if right. you're a member of that party that you don't want to be associated with mm-hmm. either. So that's where, you know, that's where I just get I love uh, maybe I'm being too hard. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I left the uh, Libertarian Party this year. And uh, some of it had to do with Arvin, uh, and you know, some of it had to do with Nick. Like, more of it was because him defending Arvin, and then Nick and I got into an argument on Facebook, and I was like, "Why are you arguing? Like, why do you have time to argue with me?" <laughs> I, in my own mind, I'm great. Well, you should take that as a compliment, though, that he's arguing with <laughs> yeah, you. I, I mean, mean, really, he does. He's not going to stop to argue with a lot of people. So, um, but mo- most of the reason that I left is because uh, the Libertarian Party of Florida, I think, has so many problems. And dealing with that, I was just like, I don't want to be a part of any of that. And right now, I'm a no party affiliate because I don't want to have to defend the GOP. I don't want people to say, "Oh, Trump's your guy because you're GOP," because he's not my guy. I voted for Gary Johnson as well. Um, so like right now I'm a person without a party, but I am very libertarian and I believe in the libertarian message. It's just sometimes the way that they're putting that message across, I am very much against. And I just, people, no, I know, I know. And I, I talk to them all the time about it. Um, fortunately we, they are going to be doing some stuff with, with me, um, doing some videos similar to the headlines that they're going to be putting out on their page and stuff, which, I think uh, just the idea that they would even come to me on some stuff like that is probably a good sign for that where they want That's smart. things to go. Because, yeah. I mean, really, like, you know, as you know, I I may have very libertarian uh, ideas and values the way that I present uh, those ideas. But we still we we do not. um we're very smart about our branding and the way that we do things. We don't, we mm-hmm. don't, we try not to alienate groups because that's the worst thing you can do. Even alienating the left, it's not a good idea because there are a lot of disenfranchised people on the left looking for a new political home. So I would argue I came from the left actually. So yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. You got to learn, you got to learn how to appeal to the Bernie bros and not put them, push them away. Right. You know? mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with you right. on that. No, I definitely agree with that. I do I do need to say you made a video I honestly don't remember what the video was about, but you you had the greatest Muhammad impression in that thing. Oh yeah. It was the Rand Paul it one. It was the Rand Paul one where you just had the guy jumping out going, Rand Paul Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that is Muhammad to a T. Yeah. That's him. All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I fell in love with that video. <laughs> I, I, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I, I We do a lot. We've done a lot with Rand. We've got a um, – on December 6th, we're doing a live stream of him at the Capitol, too, mm-hmm. on a panel. So, oh, very cool. Well, very love cool. working with him and his team. So, you know, funny funny story. Well, it's not a story. You know, I think – I guess it's a compliment. Um, I, I look at you, to be honest, the style you do your videos – you're like the Matt Kibbe of being libertarian. Do you like Matt Kibbe? I do know. I, I do like Matt Kibbe. I mean, I've met him a few times. Uh-huh. He's he's a very, yeah, he's a very cool guy, cool guy. He's a little bit more, you know, we have a different approach in our videos. Yes. He's a little bit more of a laid back approach. I'm a little Definitely. bit more, 
but I'm very laid back in person. So um, that's more just the persona that I put on for those short videos to keep people's attention. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I take that as a compliment. Thank you. Very yeah, much. yeah. No, I, I, he's he's awesome. I've, I like his We the People stuff that he's been doing. And ever since I started watching, you know, your stuff, whenever that started, um, when did when did you start doing that? Uh, well, on Being Libertarian, we started in early March, and we've been around. It's only for, been for a year. So. Okay, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so getting into some of the topics that we had for today, uh, one of this was our, this made me laugh so hard. This was the greatest Black Friday moment of my like. I didn't do much yesterday. I woke up at like 3 p.m., um, I woke up at 3 p.m. and then I ended up going out to eat with my parents and the guy that you can see sitting in the back if you're watching us. Um, he's been my best friend since we were 13 and he surprised me Thanksgiving night uh, and just showed up. So he's been hanging out. So we went out awesome. to eat. But uh, I was reading an article uh, from Salon.com by Matthew Rosa and it's the case for Hillary Clinton in 2020 and I was just exceptionally excited uh about that because who doesn't need a good laugh the day after thanksgiving everybody please thank ken or welcome ken to the show ken is the owner of grassroots kava house in downtown st pete where we are having our one-year anniversary Woo, show can't wait yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh he uh he was saying that hillary clinton should be the presidential nominee for the Democrats in 2020 and his arguments for it were very strange for his first argument was Hillary is the Winston Churchill to Putin's Adolf Hitler and I was thinking Hillary Clinton is nothing nothing like Winston Churchill not at all no and Putin while not a good guy not Hitler Exactly. Yeah, I can't. I can't understand that argument. It's um, do, do, do they elaborate on that at all? Uh, he he elaborated on the Putin thing. He was saying that uh, Putin invaded neighboring countries, and that was kind of where he left off. Just you know, evil guy. U- Ukraine, basically. Yeah, That's pretty, it. yeah. Crimea. Okay. Even though Crimea voted to be right. back with him. Right. Right. Uh, and and how is Hillary because she, because she's <laughs> more well spoken than Trump is all I really gathered from oh. it. Yeah, huh. it's like okay. huh. Yeah, well, you know. And then he said anybody who believes that uh the uranium deal was bogus is a uh, just what did he call him? Uh uninformed. <laughs> and I'm just like really. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um the whole Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. I was going to, I was about to say something. Go ahead. <laughs> I I don't know how that you can so but does do they elaborate on the uranium thing at all? I mean, no, how can it would, you make the, that the, conclu- how can yeah, you draw the uranium that thing was literally in a parenthesis and it said anybody who thinks uranium 1 was bogus uh is ill-informed or something. Uh, yeah. Okay. Conspiracy the, theorist believing ill-informed person or something like that. Just something really short and quick. And I'm just right. kind of like, that's really, that's all you're Be- going with right there, huh? Right. Because of the, the following information that I have and I'm about to give you that is, no, it's just in parentheses. <laughs> Citation, please. You're an, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> in parentheses. Oh, man. It's like, the CNN, it's like the CNN commercial with the apple. It's like, you know, uh, this is an apple. And they'll tell you that it's a banana. They'll scream, banana, banana, banana. But it's still an apple dummy right you know it's like in your face like if you think anything other than we're not going to tell you why we're the only ones to listen to and we're the only ones that tell the truth we're just going to tell you that if you don't you're an idiot right exactly i mean salon is the same uh (laughs) it's the same website that put out they had an author that put out an uh an article saying i used to be an ayn rand fan and i was a libertarian uh and I learned. Oh, I, I read that. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I don't know if you were ever a libertarian. I've had people tell me that. Uh, it's slightly off topic, but you know, I've had people tell me, well, I used to be a libertarian, and now I'm a socialist. And I'm just like, 
I don't think you were ever a libertarian because that's like figuring out two plus two equals four. You don't just forget those principles of like private no. property and individualism. Yeah, nope. you don't go from libertarian to socialist. Mm-mm. You, no, I know plenty of people who went from socialism to libertarianism. Yeah, not the right. other way around. Yeah. Um, his second article, his second point was that it would piss off misogynistic trolls. <laughs> and that's with what the whole argument that men wouldn't vote for her or something. Yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah, much. That's, yeah. And I was like, but do you need it to be Hillary Clinton? Like, if you want to be a woman, I don't care if a woman is our president. I don't not. care. Nobody I ca- cares. No. I don't think anybody cares in this day and age if the best person for president is a woman. Fine. Mm-hmm. Like that. That who? That's fine. You yeah. know. Like I don't understand. I don't understand why anybody anybody would make that argument. There, granted. There are a few people, just like there are mm-hmm. some racist people out there, right? Yeah. But Barack Obama still got elected president president of the oh, United yeah, States yeah. because there's not enough racist people to stop that from happening. Just like there's not enough misogynistic people to stop that from happening. Exactly, and it doesn't. It, and it doesn't matter if uh, Hillary goes out and she says that it's because uh, white wives were afraid to vote for because their husbands told them it's like do you not believe that these women have their own thoughts like exactly right like it's so, it's so demeaning it is and you're pushing your own vision of a sexist america onto the country when it doesn't need to be pushed and they're probably talking about right-leaning people when they're talking about that but right-leaning people were very willing to vote for the lady that i'm forgetting her name xc CEO of HP or oh, uh, she a CEO CFO? I know the, you know what I'm talking about. People yeah. really liked her for a while. Um, what was her name? I don't. I don't remember. She was Katie. Katie. No. 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 No, it... no. No. She. She. She was just. She was during the campaign here uh, in 2016. 16. Uh, yeah. She was. I know. I know who you're talking. We, about. Yeah, we know who we're talking about. CEO, I think, of HP. Um, yeah, she started out as secretary and worked her way up to CEO. Yeah, and conservatives didn't care that she was a woman at all. No, um, not even a little bit. Yeah, so it's again, it's a conclusion without any proof that misogynistic trolls are what stopped Hillary from getting in anything. Because you know, those same misogynistic trolls are the same ones that elect countless of women to state house. Uh, as republicans every year yeah um so yeah moving on oh uh carly fiorino thank yeah, you yes yeah, yeah carly fiorino yes yeah that's one <laughs> uh hillary earned the right to be considered the presumptive nominee in 2020 because she won the popular vote in 2016 huh. and then they and then he said she was the first person to win the popular vote but lose the election and not be considered the uh front runner for the next election hmm? what yeah. yeah i don't get yeah yeah there's o- there's only it's only happened what four two other times three, three technically other times i think history. three or four yeah yeah i was gonna i was gonna say i know her i know al gore there's right the, yeah and but and then i think to like way back like way back 19th i think like Late nineteenth, right. something like that. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna say like the other times that it's happened. It was so long ago. I don't. Really I believe Andrew Jackson also was one of the ones that won uh, an electoral over a popular. He did. Now that I think yep. about it, he did. Yep. But so, if these are the cases for Hillary Clinton <laughs> being the next, you know, the the Democratic nominee in twenty twenty, then they don't really have a case, right? They don't really have a. They don't really have a case. I mean, I kind of hope it happens because I think that would be just absolutely hilarious to see her try for another time and fail again. But yeah, even a lot of Democrats are saying you might. You know, I've seen them comment on that same article saying that's how you get another four years of Trump. Yeah. So it's. I don't know. Why, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see somebody like Thomas Massey or something join the Democrats and take on take out Trump as a libertarian. Just running under the Democratic name. Running under a Democratic name. Would they support him, though? Because I I get that concept of philosophy is different from the party, but would they support him, you think? Because he's he's technically a theocrat to some people. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, it's that it it is a tough it's a tough sell. But 
I don't know. The, the it's so tribal. The mm-hmm. way things are, it's so tribal. I could I could see them just latching on to their position on the war on drugs and a few other things and mm-hmm. just going for it, you know? Yeah. I could see Justin Amash doing better mainly just because he's a minority. And, yeah. And- yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, and I don't even think it, it wouldn't have to be one of those guys. It would have to be somebody who, I mean, Cory Booker is actually a pretty libertarian leaning Democrat. If you ever listen to some of his, the stuff that he says, he's very, I mean, obviously it's more on the social issues, but he, he seems like he's fairly fiscally conservative too. And he's worth looking into, but yeah, but a lot of Democrats think of him as a corporate type Obama, just because I've heard this before. They yep. they think Obama. A lot of Democrats today may say publicly they like Obama, but I've seen a lot of people say Obama may have not been as good as people say he is, and I've seen them in turn suggest that Cory Booker is really the same thing. Hmm. So I'm not I'm not sure about that. Just also I don't know a lot about the internal workings of the Democratic Party and what they think. I mean, the first thing that Democrats need to do is get rid of super delegates, in my opinion, because um, that's one of the most undemocratic things, you know, ever. They could have had Bernie and maybe Bernie win if it wasn't for super de- uh, super delegates. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I, and I should and I should probably say that my first preference is for the Libertarian Party to run a candidate that everybody can get behind and finally put the two party system out of control. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, I work on his campaign, Larry Sharp. Yeah. Uh, I know, like Larry uh, Sharp. I like Larry a lot. Yep. I work on his campaign and he's a veteran and, uh, you know, I'm his director of media and, um, he's awesome, you know, and he's running for governor of New York, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, in 2020, who knows? Yeah. yeah, I hope he's able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. And he's actually, you know, to what we were talking about earlier about the LP and veterans, I'm glad he took the time to go up, go live probably like that day or the next day and talk about those issues. You know, he had, I think he was a Marine. He had his Marine Corps T-shirt on, um, and he was talking about why the LP is yep. not anti-veterans, which not- is a good... I'm glad he did that. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure he'd be happy to know that you're you're glad he did that because he uh, the, you're you're the person that he did that for. You know, like well, and for himself, he was yeah. You know, he wasn't happy about that. So right. And then uh, Matthew Rose's last point was: we can expect her to be a good president. Well, I expect okay. everybody to be a good president when they get elected. I, I want everybody to be a good president. Like I, you want everybody I, to. You don't expect right, everybody yeah, to. That's that's actually more, yeah. I want everybody to be a good president. I don't expect anybody to be a good president. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, in my mind, we've had like six good ones. And exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, you. Can't... William Henry Harrison, the best. He spent only a month in office, so he was the best. <laughs> he, yeah, great, great president. Yep, <laughs> but. Uh, but really, I mean, the the way I look at it is you can't expect anybody, especially Hillary Clinton, with the past that she has no. to be. I mean, it's ridiculous. Absolutely it's, not. Yeah, and that, that's something I've had to drill into. My parents, it took them a long time to figure it out. I think they just got annoyed with me talking about it to them because um, they're Democrats. Um, well, so, okay, for um, perspective, most Muslims used to be. Uh, Republican until really a lot of the George Bush and FBI stuff turned off a lot of Muslims. It wasn't even the war in Iraq, really. It was spying on Muslims in the mosque is what is what got a lot of Muslims to leave the party, you know. But they, you know, they're all, they're all big fans of her, and you know, they for good reasons they don't like uh, President and candidate Trump, and I can understand that, you know. Um, even I, t- I typically am not a fan of uh, some of the things that he talks about or the manner he does it or um he has done but it's hard to drill that in there and old school people you know like I, I keep telling them like she doesn't have your best interest in in heart she's i even tried coming at them with the uh, angle of she's she's one of the people that put money into changing election results and financing different candidates in palestine against uh you know 
basically that she was playing around with the uh, elections in, uh, in pa- the Gaza Strip, yes. mainly. Um, so she's n- really not a good friend to Muslims, but a lot of Muslims, because they're in so afraid of Trump, I guess, that they will just lash on to the opposing um, candidate, even though some of the stuff that these Democrats do are not, obviously and Republicans, are not good for the region and and the people, I guess, if that's how you want to look at it. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of that region, yeah, uh, there was a attack on an Egyptian mosque uh, that ended up. So far, the body count is at three hundred and five mm-hmm. dead. Um, you know a lot more about that area and everything going on there. Obviously, yeah. since you're from there, so. <laughs> If you want to... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, historically, right, Egypt's had a lot of issues with bad members of the Islamic Brotherhood. And some people might... I've been hit on this before, so I don't mind going publicly about it again. Not all members of the Muslim Brotherhood are bad people. Because a lot of people, a lot of the members of the Islamic Brotherhood in Egypt are actually just like doctors and engineers and so on and so forth. And that's like when Trump said there were good, good people on both sides of the Charlottesville attack. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't call them Antifa or, you know, white neo-Nazis. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go that far. So Egypt's been dealing with that stuff for a while. There, it, was a, it was Muslim Brotherhood members, radical ones that killed uh, President Anwar Sadat. He's the one that made peace with uh israel back in uh, se- uh 17 <laughs> 1979 basically um and that was with carter and all that fun stuff um and so the the issue with what's going on in egypt really and, and the whole rest of the the region in my honest opinion um is the so because i've talked about this before you know they're Somebody, oh yeah, so somebody posted uh, Abdul Nasser. He was the first Egyptian president slash dictator talking about the hijab because he was really against the a hijab law that a lot of people wanted to push. And he said he didn't think it was the right thing to force other women to wear the hijab. He said, you should tell your daughters if you want them to, to wear the hijab and leave that up to them, but it's not going to be a state um it's not going to be a state matter, but you got countries like Turkey and even today Egypt um, that go the opposite way and they go with forceful secu- secularization. And now anybody that is merely associated with Muslims or Islam is like hidden by the government and thrown into a, a, a prison and disappeared for the rest of their lives. So the, the biggest issue is you have the problems with the government suppressing Islamic the Islamic faith in Egypt, but then you also have the radicals that are going to be doing that stuff no matter what. Uh, ISIS has tried, cl- has attempted to claim this thing, um, but I don't think it was ISIS. I do think it was just internal radicals that we've always had. I don't think ISIS actually did this. Um, ISIS even just lost out militarily in Iraq like two or three days ago, they had just announced. Um, so th- it's a really tough issue to talk about like islam in the middle east because it's not as black and white as people think it's not just uh islamic dictatorships all over the place there's actually a lot of just uh secular regimes that take people's liberties of practicing the faith from them which does end up radicalizing people um so i don't know what are your thoughts well yeah i mean i don't like if it I'm going to have to go with you if you say that ISIS didn't do it. Like, it didn't make sense to me that ISIS would go into a mosque and shoot it up. Like, I understand when they go into a church or whatever. Well, they can't. Well, they honestly, they, they, they can because, you know, a lot of a lot of my Muslim friends and family are like, well, Muslims would not do that. You know, so people are saying it's a conspiracy that the military is the one that shot at the people. Mm. And I don't see that as the case uh, because whether it's faith or country i don't think people are going to willingly for political reasons put themselves in harm's danger for the sake of the government so then they would die you know for the that's basically what they're saying 
is soldiers dressed up as terrorists went out to shoot people. But like, you're going to go out there and get shot like that? That's why I don't think 9-11 was a conspiracy. I don't think... I honestly don't think any red-blooded American will bomb and kill all these people for the sake of the government. But I'm not a fan of conspiracies anyways. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, what What is your thoughts on conspiracies, uh, Nick? Well, obviously some do exist. Um, you know, that you can't... It's just as bad to uh, to think that there is... There is never a conspiracy mm-hmm. as the people who believe that everything is a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. However, uh, most things are not. Um, you know, I think it's really it's frustrating to hear so much of the freedom movement jump on the bandwagon <laughs> of conspiracy theories the yep. second something happens. You know, Las Vegas shooting. You know, look at the muzzle flashes, you know, on the fifth floor. Right. Look at this, look at that. And and there was, and it was right away, right out of the gate. It couldn't have just been a guy who got a bunch of weapons and took them in bags, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, people are like, oh, how would they get through security? Well, people get entire floors in Las Vegas and they bring up a hundred bags at a time sometimes and nobody asks them what's in the bag. So, you know, it's just that kind of stuff does drive me crazy where people look for immediate conspiracies in every, everything. And yeah, like with, with the Las Vegas shooter, he had been there for, he had been there for, uh, no, it's fine. It's just the mailman. He's going to leave. Um, he had been there, maybe not, but he uh, he had been there for a week, so he had plenty of time to take up like just one bag a day for yes. for yeah. however long, and then the day of just be like, okay, of course. Well, now yeah, I'm set the, up, I'm ready. Now, now I do think that there sometimes is an active an active um, uh, attempt to not give us all the information. So, like this particular individual what was his motive i guarantee you they know a motive by now i guarantee you there's no way there's no way they don't know a motive right but they may be fearful that that motive will anger people they may be fearful of a bunch of things and the the ability to hold back that motive so that people don't don't find out about it i think that that's much more likely. Right. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Like, not everything is going to be JFK. Not everything is going to be question after question for decades upon decades. But I think people thrive on it, so they look for it. Yep. Anomaly yeah. hunting. It's also such a waste of time. This is probably the fourth time I've said this on the show. Like, I, re- I hate people. I hate it when people just focus on the conspiracies nonstop. Even if the conspiracy was true, I think it's useless to harp on the conspiracy issue because if there really is a conspiracy, right, of like 9-11 and you are able to prove it, the conspiracy somehow, either people are going to laugh at you or the men in black helicopters are going to come and take you away. So it's to me, it's just so silly. Why not just talk about the... Things we Ina- can do. Inadequacy, the, the ineptitude, the, the, the fact that our government is so inept, it's so exactly. inadequate that, they, that this would happen. Yep. That's what we need to focus exactly. on. Exactly. Well, yeah, we say how government is so inefficient and they can't make a, uh, 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 what do you call it, the healthcare marketplace website. They can't do that, but they're able to like mastermind 9-11. I don't know. Right. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, yeah, George, but, George Bush can't put on a poncho, <laughs> but he can mastermind 9-11. Like, that doesn't – you can't get both of those things. And I, You know, I think if there is a cons- conspiracy, like I said, they're either going to laugh at you or take you away. And, like, right now it seems a lot of people have this proof that it was – and they're still around. No one believes them. Okay, so let's move on. What can we do to make sure that doesn't happen again? Make the government right. smaller, change foreign policy, whatever, it t- you know, CIA, FBI. Look into what we can do to make sure that doesn't happen again rather than focus on a conspiracy that no one's believing for whatever reason. Right, and it's the problem. Everything that's happened after the fact, everything that continues to the freedoms that are, are, are eroded because of it, 
that's what matters. It's it's that we continue to give up freedom for the illusion of security, which it's that's exactly what it is. It's yes. an illusion. Right. Which is, you know, which is what we've been doing since probably before 2000 or before September 11th. Uh, but, you know, like, that, yeah, well before, but well, it, things just sort of increased at, at a quickening. There, right, there was I mean, a quickening for sure. Exactly. There, yeah. there, there's a good book about that. I don't remember the name of the author, um, but it's called the Independent Institute. They're based out in California. It's, they're, it's a libertarian, you know, nonprofit, something like CKI, Reason, all that's well, Reason Foundation, um, uh, in, in, in uh, the Institute for Justice, uh, the Institute for Humane Studies, like there's the Independent Institute. They have a book called The Ratchet Effect. And oh, they, okay, yeah, I've, I've read that. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the Ratchet Effect basically talks about how um, the size of government is either uh, going in, you know, if you're looking at a graph. Uh, plateaued off or it's going up at some event and then the ratchet effect is some something happens whether it's natural or man-made such as a terrorist attack or hurricanes or whatever and then the ratchet effect would be people would start demanding the government do something um so so, so, yeah so the ratchet effect would be the government then coming out with the patriot act or whatever freedom act or yeah which is why yep. I only believe in, because this is the topic I wanted to also talk about. This is why I don't believe, because all libertarians may be thinking the right way about why we should have net neutrality, because we already have uh, government-created, quote-unquote, monopolies, which they're really not monopolies, maybe geographically, depends. Because um, by definition, monopolies is a, a business or, so, or, or something that, that sells to every single, you know, that has complete market control. If you, if you don't, if you have a small mom and pop or whatever, it's not really a monopoly. But right. I, get, I get they mean really big, right? Uh, I don't think net neutrality as a in between until we figure out how to make you know lessen the amount of monopolies is a good way to go about it because government will never ever ever give up power ever. That is not something the government will ever do. It's only going to take referendums from people to, you know, uh, lessen uh, the scope of the government. Or it's going to take, like, really good politicians that really mean it when they say they want to let the government smaller. Um, Even Republicans. Republicans always talk about how they want to make the government smaller. Republicans have made government bigger every single time, more so than Democrats. I don't know why people overlook that part, but that's actually how it is. And that always... And look, look, look. I mean, the bottom line with net neutrality is... If anybody tries to overprice services, you're right. Mm-hmm. A monopoly exists to an extent, mm-hmm. but there will nobody will ever price themselves out of the market. There exactly. will always be innovators who will come in and offer something for less. It will always happen. That's the way capitalism works. That's the way that's why it works so well because it doesn't pick winners and losers like the government. It doesn't give tax uh, tax benefits or subsidies or anything else. It just it works the way it's supposed to work. Yes, <laughs> it's supply and demand. Mm-hmm. It's the way. I mean, and and you know the one one ISP that was in violation of net neutrality. I think it was Comcast, right? Was that a Comcast no, or Verizon? Verizon. No, it was Metro PCS. So I, oh, I, I, okay. I heard a story about Metro PCS where – so they had a low-priced plan, mm-hmm. and it was on 2G plus mm-hmm. or 2G and a half. And they knew that by offering this, they would – YouTube and a couple other video services would be a problem if they didn't have that on their network. So they asked YouTube to compress their video stuff. So that their consumers could get their their videos on their phones. Mm-hmm. Well, they were in violation of it, and there was a complaint lodged against Metro PCS for it. Well, in my, as far as I'm concerned, Metro PCS is the small guy on mm-hmm. the block, right? Yeah. So he's already getting forced out. Who do you think told on him? 
you know, or, or, or actually yes. went to, and, and the, why was the complaint lodged in the first place? Probably Verizon, all of the high, the right. high level AT&T, players, Verizon, AT&T, they wanted to take out Metro PCS. So they were the ones who, who used government then as a tool, as a weapon against Metro PCS. By the way, the only thing that was helping consumers and in this case, low income consumers, people who who can only afford Metro PCS 2G and a half service, the only people who were able able to service them and do this was Metro PCS, and they were actually getting the service that they wanted, but because of because they had to compress the video size, they were in violation of net net neutrality. So yeah. again, it's just cronyism. But again, then, cronyism. but then it was fixed without. Um, but then it was fixed without net neutrality, anyways, right? Because that's an FTC thing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, and and that's the point that you know, uh, net neutrality as a as legislation has only been around for two years. Mm-hmm. But it, come on, I mean, there is there's a reason that all the major players or so many of the huge tech companies support it because yes. they know it, it, it's just. Oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating because even libertarians are like, well, neutral, you know, th- this is this is they don't you don't understand net neutrality because it's not the government pricing the Internet and it's not the government telling you what you can do. It's just the government saying that things have to be fair. But that's still the government. That's still the government that's still a problem. Yeah. 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 And like, I've seen this argument. So like I've been on so many arguments on Facebook and, you know, other social media about net neutrality and everybody's like, this isn't, you know, they're talking about how it's not fair. And, uh, the arguments that they're coming up with don't make any sense to me. They're, you know, you're going to have to pay $5 a month for email and $6 a month for social media. And Mm -hmm. if you want to do streaming video through YouTube or Netflix or who, whatever, that's going to be an extra charge. Yeah. All theoretical. That's, right. That's exactly. Yeah. All theoretical. Yeah. None. None of that has been proven. Right. And like what? What the argument I've always said, and I don't think anybody understood this argument, was I said if you want to ship a bookshelf, it should then cost the same as a letter. Right. That's that's the same thing that you're talking about. Like, exactly. Because you're paying for it from one location to the next to the next one. Yeah. Weight, weight and size and everything else should not matter. You know, like. That's the argument you're making. And all the people who are for net neutrality that are in these arguments are liking it. And I'm like, do you guys not understand that I'm making fun of your argument right mm-hmm. there? Yeah. And yep. they just, it's crazy. yeah, they just don't, they don't get it. Like, yes, if Comcast or Spectrum or, you know, whomever wants to uh, charge Netflix more to be on their lines, they're using 30% of their bandwidth. Like, mm-hmm. Of course they can charge them more. It's their bandwidth. Because I, I don't see how that's a problem unless we let them try it and then it doesn't work. Uh, and like my favorite example to bring up about that was the airlines when they got rid of the price controls and airline companies were able to charge first class and business class different from each other and then different from the economy class. They they don't understand that most of us are able to fly so cheaply because these guys paying a lot more to sit up front are paying for a lot of that stuff in the back. Exactly. That's how you get innovation. When 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 cell phones used to be a huge brick, the only people that would buy them, right, were very rich people that were able to afford that brick that was only used for making phone calls, but electronics companies needed that money from these people that were able to afford it to be able to innovate and make their product better. I don't see how telling whatever companies that they cannot charge for Netflix isn't going to end up helping everybody out at the end because what if the... I'm sure, I am sure they're going to use that money. We can't just go off of all corporations are always bad, you know? I'm sure they're going to try to give us a better product if they're able to do that because that's what happened with every other industry that's not had price controls in that manner. And that's what net neutrality is, what these people are arguing for, is price controls. Yep. And yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that's, and that's the problem is that whenever gover- you're, you're looking to a solution from the government, you're saying, we have a problem, this is, this is what it is, now please – benevolent government <laughs> come 
do this for me. Help me, please. It's ridiculous. It's and and then what's worse is that we actually have people who believe the same way that we do who get caught up into thinking that way. They still yeah. they because they just can't imagine that these corporations, you know, they they oh, we can't be taken advantage of by these huge evil corporations. That's the that, that's more dangerous than anything the government. Well, corporations are split up. There's there's one corporation here, one corporation here, one corporation here, and each one of them you can decide to boycott, you can do this, you can, you know, all these different things. Government is one singular body and they have yes. total control over our lives. You don't want to give it you don't want to take control. So uh, okay, maybe all these corporations are evil. At least they're broken up into different into corporations. Separ- into separate evils. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> the, 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 the strength of their evil has been weakened as opposed to the government where it's all solidified into one group that can just say, you know, make... Yeah. Because, you know, corporations... Talk about monopolies. Right, exactly. Yes, exactly, yeah. Like, the FDA is a monopoly. The FDA 100% yeah, We is cannot a get a private company to test our food and drugs for us that is a true monopoly right there um but you know just like healthcare you know the same libertarians they the obvious argument against obamacare is we need deregulation of forced competition but for some reason it's different when it comes to the internet and that baffles me maybe yep. we're not saying the right things to them i'm not sure right <laughs> um, no, i know i know it's crazy yeah. Um, that's actually pretty much all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, I'm glad glad to have been able to come on. It was, uh, it was good stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen his videos, we share a good portion of them on Facebook.com backslash the Mighty Waters of Freedom. Um, but uh, Liberty Link, right? Would you like to? Yeah, yeah. So Liberty Link, uh, LibertyLink.com, or sorry, LibertyLinkMedia.com. Also Facebook.com backslash uh, LibertyLinkMedia, and uh, Facebook.com backslash Being a Libertarian. Oh, okay. I didn't okay. know there was any there for some reason. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a long story. So, yep. There is an A there in between <laughs> being and libertarian. Okay, good. Uh, was there yes. any? Is there anything else you would like people to go and check out? Um, no, just uh, you know, listen. If you if you are a fan of, uh, well, if you well, first of all, if you ever need video content for a campaign or anything else, where your people. But if you want to, uh, you know, hear libertarian ideas and ones that appeal to maybe different demographics outside the echo chamber, check us out. Yep. <coughs> you all right there, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. That's awesome. <laughs> Outside the echo chamber. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. Uh, but yeah, we do appreciate you coming on. Uh, w- <coughs> you said that you were down in Boca, correct? Yeah, for a while. Is yep. that is that where you found out about Kava? Um, yeah, actually, it must have been. Yeah, of course, because I was down there for most of my 20s and early 30s. So, yep. Gotcha. I I know where you were hanging out then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Been, you, the that bar. You mean the Kava bar? There. Yeah. Yeah. I near Yamato. Yep. Yeah, it's Federal Highway in Yamato. Yep. Which one is that? Because uh, it's uh, that's not Kavakazi, right? It's not. No, there. no, no. Uh, it's the Knock. The Knock. Yes. Yeah, it's the what, Knock. Yeah, it's what yeah. the it's what the Knock used to be, which I think was a Nakamal. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, but uh. <laughs> But yeah, I was like, he was in Boca. I know who, he, where he was hanging out. If he knows about yep. Kava, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I I go down there pretty often. Uh, I know all oh, the guys cool. down there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. Again, <coughs> sorry. Thank you for coming on. We do appreciate it. We'd love to have you on again. Obviously, uh, we're both huge fans of yours. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, man. Anytime. All right. Thank you so much, man. Definitely. All right, guys. Have a great day. All right. You, you too. too, Nick. Bye. Again, thank you all. <clears throat> thank you all for uh, tuning in. Sorry about the coughing fit at the end. Um, 
Anyway, uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom, or you can follow us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. This and every other episode is available to be heard on muddied waters of freedom.com. And please don't forget about our one year anniversary show, December 2nd at Grassroots Cava House in downtown St. Pete. Uh, it's starting at 2 o'clock. It's going to be a really good time. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, do you have anything else? No, I'm good to go. All right. Well, again, please like, please share, please uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, I'm getting ready to head to San Diego, so let's get this thing wrapped up. All right, man. Uh, well, have fun out there. Thank you for joining us, guys, and remember where we're going. We don't need roads. <laughs>